and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV for the 25th of January 2021. I'm Senior Property Economist Calvin Davidson. Normally I'm steered through this by our Head of Research, Nick Goodall, but he's currently on leave up in Northland, so basically today the rabbit's loose in the lettuce patch, uh, so look out. Now seriously Nick, I uh, hope the holiday's going well and uh, that you switched off from work, in particular staying away from that phone and really enjoying those uh, those good times on offer around the family and uh, no doubt some beaches up in Northland. So, yep, hope that's going well. Uh, in terms of today's podcast, well, I suppose I'll just get stuck into the meat of it, really. No no point in having a, a chat, seeing as I'm on my own. So there's, there's uh, potential for it to be a bit shorter, but, but still planning to cover, no doubt. So recent data, I mean, the first thing is, is the early market indicators. Percentage change numbers for me can probably be a little bit jumpy uh, at this time of year, shall we say. So I really just wanted to concentrate on the big picture from last week's figures, which which for me is really that demand, or, or in other words, those valuations ordered by the banks is still very much outstripping supply, uh, or in other words, <coughs> those appraisals generated by agents. So, so really with demand outstripping supply, no surprises that that market's going to stay pretty tight over the next few weeks and months, and really no let up in pressure on on prices. So uh, yeah, it's going to stay pretty tough out there for people looking for, for properties and then those lines at open homes and uh, auctions and that sort of thing is going to stay pretty long. Yeah, and, and also just to add on to that, actually, in fact, the, the early listings flows data that we've seen for the year. So we've got we've got two or three weeks of listings flows in terms of new listings for, for the year so far. And Really early indications are that they're lagging behind previous years. So it just really does emphasize that this, this listing scenario is, is still pretty tight and uh, you know we shouldn't necessarily be expecting things to turn around anytime soon. Okay then, so moving on to some more recent economic data. I think the main thing for me last week was the net migration figures and frankly, no surprises here, and maybe you might even say a, a bit boring in some ways. Uh, we've seen the inflows of people into New Zealand stay pretty low since COVID. That, that continued on the latest numbers. Outflows of people were pretty low too. I mean, not surprising there. Why would you Why would you want to leave when when we're sort of the best the best country for COVID in the world? So two two low figures for in and out means that the net figure is low as well. So really almost nothing to see here is, is the phrase that comes to mind. I think in terms of what it means for housing, just not really much of a factor right now. We know that so many other drivers for the housing market are dominating that, that you know, listings are tight. There's this uh, fear of missing out or FOMO seems to be a big driver. And of course, low mortgage rates. So really over the shorter term that, or the, the period we're in now, really, I don't think migration is much of a factor. We're not, we're not missing it. So um, yeah, I don't think it's, it's worth paying too much attention to it at the moment. Longer term though, of course, with who knows what's going to happen, of course, with COVID and, and when borders open and all that sort of thing. But we know that net migration has been such a big driver of population growth in the country over time and therefore housing sales and housing prices. I think looking ahead, if, if we do have lower net migration because of COVID than we otherwise would have had, then that is going to result in lower population growth than we otherwise would have had and, and a different housing market to what we would have had. So 
it is a it is something to be cautious about over the longer term that if migration doesn't go back to where it was then we are going to have a, a different market in terms of housing than than otherwise um but it is a factor for the longer term i just think for now net migration is is really just not a factor it's being dominated by other drivers uh, in terms of other economic data lately we had cpi inflation on friday this was relating to the fourth quarter of 2020 showed prices up by half a percent in the quarter and 1.4 percent annually so for me very much still in line with the one to three percent target that the reserve bank has and suggest that that in broad terms there's not much need for the reserve bank to really do too much for now they have this dual mandate around inflation and maximum sustainable employment and i think Inflation is on target, more or less, or at least it's in that range. And we haven't seen the big rises in unemployment that people were anticipating. So that that dual mandate seems to be, in some ways, on track. And, and certainly expectations that were around, certainly during the middle of last year and even into towards the end of last year, that the official cash rate in New Zealand would go negative. Those expectations have certainly been peddled back. And in fact, a company called Capital Economics, where I used to work, is, is actually suggesting that New Zealand could now be the first country to raise rates next year. So just a, just a hint that, that thoughts are turning towards that prospect. I, I'm thinking for now that's quite a bold view, that, that interest rates would start to rise again next year, but um, you know can't rule it out. And I think more generally, it just does reinforce that we're not going to be in this recession forever and this COVID phase forever. And I, and I guess, you know, mortgage, it's a timely reminder for mortgage holders that, that you just need to continually assess those finances because interest rates aren't going to be at 2.5% forever and um, need to assess, you know, affordability now, but also what might happen to, to your finances if, if interest rates were to rise over a two or three or five year horizon. So, Bottom line, interest rates low for now seem to be poised to stay that way, at least in, in 2021. But remember, they won't always be low. And some people are starting to think about the prospect that they could rise sort of almost sooner rather than later. So, yeah, something to watch out for there. Cool. So that's the previous data. I guess turning now to upcoming economic figures and, and what are we looking out for this week? Well, couple of things for a start. ANZ Consumer Confidence for January will be released on Friday. And I think all indications are that the figures will be solid. There's been nothing over the Christmas break and into the new year to suggest that the consumers have, have suddenly got more downbeat. So I'd expect that figure to, to still be relatively strong. And I guess bodes well for the for the housing market in terms of, of people's confidence to make that big purchase and continue to enter the market. So look out for that one on Friday. Uh, we've also got December's filled jobs figures from Stats New Zealand on Friday. And again, I'd expect a, a strong result. I've seen nothing to suggest that over the Christmas break there would have been any changes to, to the filled jobs scenario. A lot of industries still are suggesting that they're short of, of labour. And so I think you'd, you'd expect a decent number for, for filled jobs. Remember the last number showed that the number of jobs we have in the economy is is now back to where it was pre-COVID. So we're looking at a decent set of figures there. Again, I think all adds up to a sense for the housing market that, that the economic figures are, are supportive and that the momentum in the, in the housing market will, will stay upwards for a little while yet. 
Then finally, in terms of upcoming data, we've, we're due the Reserve Bank of New Zealand mortgage lending stats for December on Friday as well. Now, there's a little bit of a quirk to this one because, of course, the Reserve Bank has had its data breach, which means that they've frozen all of their publications. So just not sure about this one. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we'll see it, but but no guarantees because of that breach that they're, they're taking, uh, obviously, pretty seriously. If we do see the data, I, I think there's no doubt they'll be they'll be high again. The figures for mortgage lending will be high. We already know that achieved property sales in December were, were above that 10,000 mark for the third month in a row. So, so mortgage lending is almost certain to have been to been strong in December as well. So, so you look out for that one on Friday, possibly, or at some stage thereafter. I, I think within the mortgage lending figures, probably more interested at the moment is around the, the breakdown of the figures, what's happening to LVR lending, what's happened to interest-only lending, what's happening to some of those other breakdowns. So the aggregate figure will be strong, and really, for me, the interest will be around the breakdown, and, and we'll we'll report on that as, as, as and when we get the figures. So the property market more generally, there's there's been a couple of announcements in recent days from the government and, and around housing policy, I suppose. And remember... Regulation, we, we've talked before on the podcast about how regulation and the divide between uh, people who are trying to get into the market and those who are already in the market and the affordability issues that we're facing, these are all a pretty big theme for the property market this year. And so interesting to see the government is, is back on deck now after after the Christmas break and, and housing is already on the agenda with pretty much the, the first first words out of the Prime Minister's mouth uh, publicly for the year is, has been about housing. And so announcements around more state housing supply or social housing supply, which which seems to be a really good thing over, over the coming years. And no other firm measures as such yet, but indications that over the coming months we should expect to see more announcements around both the demand and supply side of the market. So we'll just have to wait and see what form that exactly takes. But of course, we know on the demand side that there's been things talked about around extending the bright line test, for example, or in other words, that that tax. So that could be something to curb demand a little bit. And then the debt to income ratios that the Reserve Bank's requested from the government. So those are the things that are on the, the table at the moment in terms of that demand side. Uh, whether they're necessary is, I suppose, another question. I mean, we know that in terms of the debt-to-income ratios, that, that really the banks are already testing the, the ability of people to, to keep servicing their mortgage in a higher interest rate scenario. That's that's already being tested for loans. So, yeah, I don't, I still have mixed views about whether debt-to-income ratios will really be necessary, but um, in the end, they won't be up to me, and uh, we, we could see those coming in over the, the coming months. Brightline as well uh, could have perverse effects. You never know. People trying to um, get around that tax could just could just not sell. And instead of holding for the five years that they might have planned to do, they might just hold for longer. And so it could be that, that the that extension to the Brightline test actually has a sort of perverse effect and actually sees listings dry up even more and sales activity dry up even more as people hold on longer to to avoid paying that tax. So, and legitimately hold on longer to, to avoid paying that tax. Nothing illegal about that. So it does, um, yeah, it does suggest that, that there could be perverse effects. And so we'll have to wait and see on, on that demand side of, of, of policy. Supply side, yeah, there's, there's still chat around, obviously, uh, sort of repealing or, or changing the, the Resource Management Act. And I think that's where 
the, the the real fruit is in terms of getting that housing supply up is is looking at the ways in which land can be made more readily available and 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 more quickly and therefore we can get more houses built of course there's issues now with the construction industry there's there's strong reports of labor shortages and material shortages so there is that question that even if we do free up more land can the houses be built is, is there capacity in the construction industry so for now it's it's a wait and see on all of those things but government's definitely back on deck and and housing's on the agenda so so watch this space also related to that we've we've had well the reserve bank's been busy with their their data breach but uh, on Friday, note that the LVR consultation ended, so that's now closed off and the Reserve Bank will be no doubt considering those responses. going to be really fascinating what happens here. They, they've, they've, of course, proposed the 30% deposit requirement to come back for investors. But remember, ANZ has has already gone to 40%. So there's, there's some really interesting stuff going on out there in the market around loan-to-value ratios. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's it's absolutely nailed on that they'll they'll go back to 30% from the 1st of March. But I wonder, and I wouldn't be surprised if actually we see something pretty soon after that, that says the Reserve Bank wants to go to 40%. So, so I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes the, the legislated number sooner rather than later for investors. Um, but yeah, just have to watch the space on that one. We've talked before, of course, about how when it last went to 40% in late 2016, that really did make an impact on investor demand through 2017. So again, we have to watch this space, but uh, yeah, we, we at CoreLogics and I personally wouldn't be surprised if, if we do see that 40% sooner rather than later. So that's, that's uh, sort of the data and, and announcements around from the government and from the Reserve Bank. Just wanted to also cover off a little bit around around media stuff, I suppose. And first, just to highlight uh, the affordability dashboard on stuff.co.nz, which is a, a new tool they've introduced. And it uses our figures on property values and uh, household income data from Infometrics. Really nice tool and uh, really interactive. And, and it shows the, the problems with affordability that we have, I think, quite nicely. And unfortunately, for those trying to save for that deposit, it just confirms the difficulty and reinforces this, this divide between the haves and have-nots. So, so that's certainly one to keep an eye on as the months go by, and we, we'll, keep, we'll keep feeding our, our uh, value figures into that tool. We also released a short article last week on, on Queenstown and how it was pretty much the only main part of the market that saw falls in property values post-lockdown. So it sort of saw falls in, in values of about 7% between, between kind of April, May and August, uh, but those have now been reversed. So an interesting turnaround in, in Queenstown and values there are now back up to where they were. So back up to about about that $1.2 million mark. So it's an expensive market, but um, it has seen those falls reversed. Uh, go check out the piece, of course, on our website. But for me, it's the factors there are really still down to supply and demand. You know, there's been there's been a lot of construction going on in Queenstown, but population growth over the longer term has still outstripped um, that supply. So there, there is still really a physical shortage of property in Queenstown and that's been a support for values or a factor in, in turning them around. And also just a wee teaser that there's probably been a bit of bargain hunting going on. I suspect that 
that people have viewed that mini downturn in Queenstown as an opportunity to enter a market at a discount effectively and, and buy into that market. That's let's face it, still hasn't it hasn't lost its natural appeal. So the lake's still there, all of the all of the attractions of Queenstown are still there. So I think that's that's probably been a degree of bargain hunting going on there as well. And then finally, really good to see our bioclassification figures used in Tony Alexander's latest weekly note that, that goes out to a, a large number of subscribers and they would have seen our, our figures in there, mostly picking up on, on the strength of investors and just confirms again the appetite that investors have to get into the property market. We, we saw a 27% market share for mortgage property investors in the final quarter of last year and, and that that looks like it you know, could well continue into the first quarter of this year, bearing in mind that we've got those LVR rules to, to come in in, a, in sort of six weeks' time. So, yeah, they're, they're good to see that covered. And um, unfortunately, for, for any sort of first-time buyer out there, it does, it does show that there's, there's still a lot of competition in the market from investors. So that's a wrap, really. Uh, it's, been, it's been pretty pretty interesting running through this on my own. I guess looking ahead to the to the week, please look out for our Q4 property and economic update report on Thursday 28th. That's our, our comprehensive look back at the final quarter of last year and, and looks at those bioclassification numbers, but also looks at a, a lot of other economic and, and property market figures, and in particular our CoreLogic House Price Index, which of course showed pretty rampant gains and values in that final quarter. So look out for that, go download it and, and check out all the data. So overall, thanks for listening. Please do subscribe, rate and review us. It really helps us to get the message out there. We're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn and email, of course. So, so get in touch anytime. Really appreciate the, the feedback we get. And also we'd love some questions you know, and, and issues that we can, we can help address and, and talk about on the podcast and also in our research, hot topics that people are seeing. So, so uh, yeah, get in touch anytime. So my name's Calvin. The other guy is normally Nick. And you've been listening to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast. Matewa.